Hello, hello to anyone who is out there. Um, I am Simona Roy, and thank you for tuning in, if you are, to Magenta Giraffes Episode 3. Um, so this week, um, and I'm recording this uh, for posterity, I guess I'll say the date. Um, I'm recording this on June 13th, 2021, um, if this is if I'm considering this to be my audio diary of sorts. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I I have a similar refrain from last week in that I've been super stressed. Work has taken up a lot of my energy. And like last week, I said that, you know, it zaps me of any spiritual growth that I have felt. And it also makes me more emotional. I mean, I I, I was missing my mom a lot this week, a lot. Um, there was some more crying this week, and I get it. It's totally normal. I'm not judging myself for feeling the grief that I'm feeling, but it, it it it's because I'm overtired. I'm overtired because of my work and feeling like that's all I'm thinking about. So all of the books that I was reading, like by um, Laura Lynn Jackson, I, I'm reading Signs, and I have yet to really make a dent in it because I feel like... <sighs> all of this stupid work stuff is getting in the way. And I, and I feel very sad about it. Sad that like, my job is taking up any sort of brain space, and I'm not able to focus on the things that are bringing me some lightness, right. But I I understand everything is cyclical. And you know, there are some times where yeah, work is definitely all encompassing. And so but it is affecting me, I think more because of my grief. And um, I've been super sad and missing my mom a lot. Like I think the thing that I miss, and I think anybody who miss is not. This is a kind of a dumb comment, but I just miss having a conversation with her and about nothing. I just miss that. And you know, the signs um, are nice because you get acknowledgement, or I get acknowledgement that she's there, but. It's just like, I just want to like talk to her. And I think that that's what they're, you know, Laura Lynn would say you're working up to is the creating the language with them and, and being able to talk to them. And of course, I could talk to her and try to imagine what she would say, because I knew her so well, and would probably be accurate. But hello, it's not the same. It's not the same. And then I've also noticed um, just throughout this whole experience, just how selfish people can be when regarding your grief. And what I mean by that is that some people don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. They don't want to acknowledge it because they don't want to feel uncomfortable. And I find that to be way worse than acknowledging it to me and maybe putting me in a different space where I wasn't thinking about my mom, but now I'm thinking about my mom. I would much rather you say something to the effect of like, I'm just sorry for your loss. And wow, that's so tough. Instead of just acting like it doesn't exist. It's that's so cruel. And I think it and you know, some people will be like, well, people are really uncomfortable with grief. And you just don't know what they're going to be like. And people are just weird. And it's I I get that. But what happened to being adults and just pushing past through your discomfort and just acknowledging something, you know, I, I I don't get it. I think that when I have had people in my life grieving, I've acknowledged it. And I and I've asked them, did I ever say something stupid? And, you know, 
nobody said yes so far. So I feel like my point is, it's not that hard to be compassionate. And it's just really surprising um, that people aren't as compassionate because of their comfort level. I mean, is it surprising? I mean, look at how selfish people were with like COVID and not wearing masks and not getting vaccinated. It's, it's really not surprising, actually, in this day and age. But I'm just calling it out and saying, like, be an adult, acknowledge someone's grief. It is so much more kind than acting like it doesn't exist. So side note about that. Um, I think the other thing that I am feeling um, strange about with this whole thing is, you know, my dad and I are experiencing very different things uh, with the grief. And I've found that like, I feel sometimes it's like, oddly competitive. And my dad is such a wonderful person. He's so sensitive and kind. And this is not anything that he's doing. But sometimes I get super sensitive when he talks about like, how attached my mom was to him. And I'm like, yeah, well, she was attached to me too. I'm her kid, you know. Um, And I don't think he's saying that to like discount anything, but I am sensitive to it. And I'm taking it as like, well, what does that mean? Is my connection to my mom not as significant as your connection to your wife? I know this is so idiotic. I I, I w- want to share this because I think it's important to talk about these like idiotic emotions that pop up and that are totally fine. But, you know, I actually like got tearful Um yesterday because I was like you're acting like you're she loved you more and it was more significant and she was my mom and I was her only child and he's like that's not what I'm saying at all and so I understood like I could watch myself outside of myself getting unfairly emotional about something that wasn't actually happening but you just kind of have to go through it and live it and then cry a little and then get over it right I just think that that's interesting because I almost felt like I was having this weird competitive connection thing with my dad, but like as a sibling, it almost felt like we were two siblings saying like, no, mom loved me more. No, mom loved me more. (laughs) It's like so strange. It's so strange. I'm not usually this insane, but, um, you know, I've been feeling a little envious because She seems to be coming to his dreams more. And, you know, she's been in my dreams, but I don't really remember anything. I just remember like a presence of her. And um, it kind of makes me like annoyed. I'm like, why is she giving you so much attention? What about me? And I'm like actively trying to like figure shit out, you know. Um, But again, that's like it's insane. But also part of me is like, she's an energy, a spirit. Like, why can't she divide her time better? Hello? You know, (laughs) but I don't know. I think it's all so stupid. But yeah, like, I I mean, maybe he needs it more. And maybe it like, he is projecting, right? Like he keeps saying how attached she was to him. But really like let's talk about how attached he was to her which you know she was dependent on him a lot because of her dwindling health you know and um 
her mental health with the early dementia and all of that. So yeah, she was very dependent on him. But as far as attachment is concerned, I think they were both very attached to each other. And it's really funny that like he always says like how attached she was to him. And of course, that's why she's visiting him. But maybe she's visiting him because he's very attached to her and he needs it more. Where I mean, I feel like I need it just as much, but I don't know how it works up there. None of us do. Um, and it's it seems insane to like even think about time management and the spirit world. Like, how is my mother managing her time? Why isn't she dividing her time equally? What is happening? What does she do all day? Which um, I, I found a weird article about that, which I'll get to shortly. But I just I just found that funny that like here I am trying to be I'm trying to be true here I'm trying to be true to what I'm actually feeling as embarrassing as it is like who who becomes competitive with their dad about who mom is visiting more it's 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 so stupid uh but that's how I felt yesterday and I needed to speak it out here and say that when you're grieving things like that are gonna happen and you're gonna like look at yourself and be like, what kind of shithead am I (laughs) that this is actually something that's bothering me? Um, And speaking of, you know, what do spirits do all day? I found this article that like, so the um, the Omega, Omega, Omega Institute in New York sends me these um, newsletters, and I hardly ever look at them. But this caught my attention because I'm like, Okay, let's let's see what this is about. So there's a little interview with medium Tony Stockwell. And the interview is titled What does a spirit do all day on the other side? Um, Which I think, of course, we've thought about it. Of course, like if you're entering this realm, and you're trying to figure shit out, you are thinking like, what is this energy blob doing all day? Right? And is there a day? Like, I don't, my head's gonna explode. But I just want to read an expert of an excerpt expert excerpt that kind of answers it from a medium perspective. Let's see what how you feel about this. So Omega asks Tony, what are spirits doing on the other side when they are not watching us or communicating with us? How do they spend their days? (laughs) Tony says, it dawned on me during a workshop about a year ago that we truly are mediums. It's not enough just to say your mother's here. It's not enough to keep everything in the past tense and say she wore this, she did that. If a mother is truly alive and living somewhere, she must still be doing things. She must be watching things in our world and hanging out with people she once loved. I think these elements are very much what spirit wants to bring us, but the mind of the medium often excludes the level of detail because within our training, we're taught to say more things about them to bring proof to those in the living world. So I think I'm going to stop the reading for a second. I think that's interesting because I think what he's saying is that mediums might be getting more information about what is happening in the spirit world, but if they're, you know, doing some sort of reading for a client, the main purpose is to, you know, show proof that whatever spirit is actually with you. So that is maybe what they're concentrating on. Um, Tony continues, I now know that there is a point where there is enough proof and the medium's mind can then look to other creative influences of spirit. I'm now looking at what spirits do in the other world. Sometimes it comes and sometimes it doesn't. 
I was working with a lady whose husband was 55. He had just passed and his name was Jim. It was clear and real and she was emotional. I thought I had the confidence then to ask the spirit, what do you do now? And these thoughts came. In the spirit world, he's got a motorbike and he's driving through the Grand Canyon. The woman said to the audience, my husband was a biker. We're quite a poor family. His dream was to ride his bike through the Grand Canyon. We could never afford to go. He may not strictly be doing that in the spirit world, but I think that is the essence of his experience in the spirit world. I think spirits can visit our world and do the things they still want to do. The things they do or want us to know they do are representative of the things they love to do when they were here. And he says, I think that's neat. (laughs) Well, that is neat, Tony. Um, And he says, if somebody loves to swim, they get to do that in the spirit world. If they like to make cake, I'm sure they could do that in the spirit world. And if that's not the case, then I'm sure I want to go. And if that's not the, okay, and if that's not the case, then I'm sure I, I, then I'm not sure I want to go. Yeah, okay, okay, I get that. Like, how do you comprehend wanting to do other things in the spirit world that you You only know what you want to do as humans, right? So yes, Tony, if that's not the case, of course you don't want to go. Uh, But he says, "I I think it's true. I think it's an extension of this life on a good day. So then, okay, so that's what Tony says. I think that's, it's an interesting concept. Uh, You can't help, I think, as humans to, at least for me, what am I doing? I'm picturing my mom sitting and having a cup of tea with one of her best friends. Like, but she doesn't have a body. So what is this, an energy blob having a cup of tea? Is she drinking the cup of tea? We're getting very literal here. Um, I don't know. It's very weird to think about what they do because then it too much gets into the concept of like a heaven for me. And I am like not into the idea of a heaven. That's, that doesn't sit well with me. Um, But I... I do think that she is okay and I do think that she has joy and is happy and whatever that translates to in the spirit world, she's doing. I don't think she's great at time management, but (laughs) that's just my critique of whatever the hell is going on up there. Uh, So that was interesting. I don't know. I'm not a medium. I would like to be a medium. That's what kind of what this journey is about, too. Um, and I'm dealing with my skepticism, too, right? Like, I, sometimes I feel hypocritical in that I'm trying to be open and I am I believe that there's a spirit world and that energy lives on. But then I'm very skeptical of, like, the idea of they're just doing whatever they were doing on their best days on Earth. I'm like, what? Really? Okay. Um, Yeah. So that was interesting. I thought I would share that and love to know what your thoughts on um, because it's quite a visual and it's hard for me to fathom and it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Well, so on another note, back to like the hectic weeks and not feeling spiritual, spiritually connected as much. I have started this um, 90 day sit, which is run by the New York Zen Center, I believe. Um, My friend Maya turned me on to it. Uh, And so basically for 90 days, you meditate and um, it has not been easy. And Maya, 
so amazing. Like the first time she did it, she was meditating for 30 minutes a day, like sitting and meditating. And I, and this started on June 2nd. And I've done it every day, except honestly, I think I forgot to do it on Friday. I just plain forgot to do it on Friday. And I woke up the next day and I was like, oh shit, I didn't meditate yesterday. But I can only do it for 10 minutes. Life is very busy. I, I don't think I can carve out 30 minutes a day every day and I can't last 30 minutes. So I will keep updating you on my meditation journey um, as I continue on. And so today is day 12 and I haven't done it yet today, but I'm going to continue to do it because that's what I signed up for. And I'm super bummed that I miss one day, but that doesn't negate anything. You know, that's life. You got to be flexible with yourself. Um, But just so that's, you know, one thing that I'm interested to see if daily meditation, of course, you know, it's going to help with stress and anxiety, but I would like to see if it helps with spirituality. So that's what I'm looking out for. And um, lastly, I, I want to talk about what we, what I ended with last week when I was like, is my mom sending me signs of magenta giraffes by me creating this podcast and seeing magenta giraffes written out? Does it count if I'm writing it out myself? Is it a chicken or the egg situation? Is she giving me signs through me? So that's very heady. And I, um, my mind is going to blow up if I think about that too much. But I, I, I decided to clarify and I said, look, it's great. I think you are sending me magenta giraffes through myself, but I would like you to send me a magenta giraffe outside of myself. And I was like, you know, whatever. She's not, she's not really sending me magenta giraffes. So I wasn't really expecting much. I also put out goats, uh, which I'll get to in a second. Um, so magenta giraffe, funny, funnily enough and greatly enough, did show up for me and it showed up for me yesterday. I was watching Laurelyn Jackson's story on Instagram and she's always posting about people's signs and their stories that they tell her. So a person had lost their father and a sign that they created was a giraffe in a truck And so the person was seeing like baby giraffe, baby like toy giraffes here and there and said to their dad, like, you got to do better than this. So then the person found a drawing that their child had made, which was like one of those drawings that are like dot to dot drawings, like follow the numbers sort of thing. And it was a giraffe in a truck. So that person got their sign and it was very evident and very clear. And I saw this on um, the story and I was like, oh, giraffe mom sending me a giraffe. Okay, so it's a sign for me too. And then I was telling my dad about it later on. And I was like, yeah, I saw another giraffe. Woof, you know, great. Uh, But then I thought like, wait a minute, what color was the truck? And I went back to the story. Luckily, it was not expired. And it was a giraffe in a purple truck with like a magenta trim on the top. It was like a two-tone truck. And I was like, there you go. That's my magenta giraffe. And I, I don't I don't know why she's like always putting the giraffe in a car or some sort of automobile. Um, but maybe that's where she can get the color 
part of it, you know, in the sign. Uh, but it, it was a sign. It was uncanny. And I would like her to just one day send me a freaking magenta giraffe, a magenta colored giraffe. So we will see whether that happens. I'm saying saying that out loud. And um, I did since like, you know, the giraffe thing was eh, here and there, right? This is definitely the this is the second outside of me magenta giraffe I've received. So very grateful. Thank you, mom. You know, they say always be thankful. I mean, I wasn't very thankful to her in life. I don't feel like I should have to be like false and be thankful in death. But no, I'm very thankful. But that's just like, okay, she knows I'm thankful. I don't feel like I have to say it all the time. But apparently you have to say it all the time. And my friend um, Katie said, like, maybe it's because there is a barrier and it's you say thank you like like when you're on a <laughs> like when you're talking on a walkie talkie and you say copy to let the other person know that you've received whatever they're saying. So thank you, copy, mom. Uh, so that was the magenta, the second magenta giraffe I received, which is super cool. Can't wait to see the other ones. I did ask for goats because I think goats are kind of rare. And I'm like, okay, if I see a goat, I think that's mom. So I had asked that. I asked for a goat. And that day I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm and Larry had taken um, some lady out to the movies and on the marquee, the movie's name was Goat and then like two or other words and it was the name of the movie. So I was like, okay, got my goat. So (laughs) that's kind of funny uh, because that's a phrase too, if you didn't know. Uh, (laughs) So I got the goat and that was cool, but I now I'm asking, I'm leveling up. And I'm asking for a goat and a hat, goat in a hat, goat hat, something with goats and hats, preferably a goat wearing a hat, right? So that's that's the sign I'm asking for. We'll see if I get that. And I don't know, like, I mean, the signs are coming, right? And I just feel like I just want a conversation, you know, and maybe I'm having conversations with her in my dreams, but I don't remember them. I just kind of know if she was in it or not. I want like I want like a Harry Dumbledore situation, King's Crossing thing. But I mean, Harry was also like that was like a near death experience for Harry. <laughs> so it, maybe I have to go into a near death experience to have a convo um, with my mom. And I, 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 I don't need to do that right now. But I would like to have a conversation with her in my dreams where I remember it. And I don't know, putting that one out there too. So um, I feel like I was a little hyper and a little rambly today, but um, I don't know, the signs keep coming. And then I also, with my friend Katie, um, my other friend, I was with my other friend and she had a clover and a four-leaf clover. And I recognized, recognized those signs as signs from Katie's grandmother. So I texted her. So I don't know, I always, I also feel like, I like to be a conduit too of other people's signs. Uh, yes, I, I, I can understand that I am ascribing meaning to things and whether it is or isn't, it is becoming meaningful. If you apply meaning to it, it becomes meaningful by definition. And I just saw those signs and all I could think of was Katie's grandmother, who I've never met, but Katie had asked those signs of her grandmother and she they were received she got it and so 
I just see them now and I'm like, oh, boom, Katie's grandmother. So I think that's real. I think Katie's grandmother was showing me the sign to tell her granddaughter. I don't know. We'll see as I explore more. Uh, But uh, that's my ramble for today. I don't know. Takeaways. I'm still asking for signs and I'm trying to level up the signs and seeing if I get acknowledgement. I would like to have a conversation with my mother and my dreams and remember it. And um, I would like to feel more spiritually connected as I get stressed out with work. It's I I want to feel the balance and I want to feel the internal priority. Work is important. Work lets me do things. Work gives me money. I don't want to be bad at work, right? I want to be good to continue to be successful. However, I want to not sweat the small stuff. That's a stupid phrase. So that I keep myself in check. And I'm like, this isn't that big of a deal. And there are bigger things out there, like weird energy blobs, riding motorbikes in the Grand Canyon. So Until next time, um, I am going to say bye.